Greetings listeners and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Laps Gamer Radio, an occasional but we hope still enjoyable enthusiast community podcast about the hobby of gaming where folk that are interested in playing games again can hook up and chat with other Laps Gamers as well as people more active in the pastime in an effort to reinforce the pleasure we can all take in the wonderful medium of video games. We hope you can relax and enjoy. So, Mark, what have you been playing this month? Anything in particular? This month has been almost exclusively Destiny. Hey! Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've dabbled in a few other little bits and pieces. I've played a little bit of Mad Max as well. Ooh. Actually, I'll talk about that first, because I haven't got too much to say about it. Yeah. It is, at one of the same time, one of the most fun, and also probably the worst, of the Warner Brothers published uh, sandbox games. It's nowhere near as good as Batman, it's nowhere near as good as um, Shadow of Mordor, but elements of it are just so ridiculously fun, specifically the car combat. Everything else apart from that is just nonsense, collecting bits of scrap and uh, getting in, in... rather boring fist fights but the building of your car and going doing driving around the wasteland and getting involved in car combat is really 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 good fun definitely something to pick up cheap yeah not a not something i recommend paying full price for i'm waiting for it <laughs> yeah well, if you if you can find it in deal then it's it's well worth uh, checking out the main thing i'll be playing is um destiny the taken king the year two major expansion and it's fixed pretty much everything that was wrong with everything in year one of Destiny. The levelling systems, uh, the way that the quests were presented, it actually has cutscenes now and characters actually relay the story to you rather than you having to go off and read them on the Bungie website. The levelling was like giant steps. So what they've done in the new one is smoothed that out a lot more so you still have to get a better armor and weapons to make your light go up but it's on a much smoother gradient if you're a couple of light levels below the recommended light um, for a particular quest you might struggle a little bit but it's not going to be futile like it was before everyone's got a variety of different pieces of armor and different um, weapons and uh, it's just made the game a, a lot more diverse they've introduced loads new um, types of quests uh, with crazy mechanics and um, they've added in lots of secrets that people are still discovering things hidden in it um, so you'd have like um, I don't know whether they've done this in other MMO games I'm assuming that Bungie have borrowed this idea from others but having like a daily mission where they take one of the story missions and that would be your daily, and they'd make it super hard, and you get a nice reward at the end of it. That's been in there since the beginning. But now they've started doing things where a mission that you'd done in the story would have something extra in it if you found it. So one of the quests, you're you're in an area that you're supposed to be running through. There's a door open that you usually run past because it's closed. But if you now go down that door, when that mission is the daily, you get sucked into another mission that you can get an exotic weapon at the end of that you can only get that way. So it's full of secrets. Uh, And it means there's actually a reason to keep on playing. It feels less of a grind and more of a... Uh, this is more an act of discovery. Yeah, it's weird because, um, I mean, Destiny's been out for so long now and yet I'm surrounded by people at work that are still playing it, you know, and um, they're still talking about it day in, day out. So it, I think this Taken yeah. King has really 
give it a lot of legs. You know, it's it's definitely um, changed the game a lot by the sounds of it. Yeah, well, see, the, the, the core gameplay mechanics were great. Yeah. Um, Bungie knows how to make a good shooter. Uh, there's not many shooters I've played that feel as good as Destiny. But there was just too much grinding and, and other nonsense in the way and hiding the story away and making it really obscure. And it still kind of is. Uh, bits of the story are still presented through like um, flavor texts for items and things like that in a very Dark Souls sort of way. Um, but the characters actually relay the story to you now. And they finally decided to utilize some of the voice actors they've got, some of the brilliant voice actors they've got, specifically Nathan Fillion, um, who is hilarious all the way through it. And that was something that Destiny was missing, was a little bit of humor. Yeah. Uh, it can be quite a dour game. Um, and Nathan Fillion brings his, you know, he brings his comedy chops along and everybody <laughs> loves a bit of Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Didn't never trust anybody that doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is probably an ideal starting point for new players, isn't it? Yes, yes it is, yeah. If you get the Taken King, you get an item in your inventory which you can use on one character. You get one per account that will instantly boost them to level 25, which is the entry to start doing the Taken King. But even if you didn't use that, if you just jumped in and played through all of Vanilla, The Dark Below and House of Wolves, you'd level up pretty quickly to the point where you'd hit the, the level cap and then start getting the, the, the um, end game stuff. And at that point, there's just so much to do. Uh, I've been bombarded with quest lines that I'm a month later I'm still chipping away at. Um, there's things like... Have either of you ever played Bloodborne? I've got it, but I haven't played it. Uh, no, it looks way too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, I'm playing Peppa Pig. <laughs> <laughs> so there was an area in Bloodborne where you could feed items to a gravestone and it would randomly generate a dungeon for you. And um, Bungie have kind of taken a spin on that idea. So there's an area in the new area that you could uh, go to to explore is uh, called the Dreadnought. It's a giant ship, giant hive ship um, above the rings of Saturn. And then there's an area in there called the Court of Oryx. And you go along and you present these runes to these statues. And it will summon a bunch of enemies, like a public event with some bosses or one particularly hard boss. Uh, And it's. It's just become this great little social area um, because you'll go in there with a couple of mates, start doing the events, and then anyone else who comes into that part of the Dreadnought will see you taking part in this event. And they come along and join in. And it just turns into a big part. The other night we had seven people all in this area just having a whale of a time. <laughs> so it's they've done a lot to make it um, more social. Um, they've added in some more multiplayer things as well. Like there's a, there's a new mode called Mayhem, where your super and your grenades and everything recharge really quickly, and it's utter chaos. Sounds more like my kind of game. One <laughs> <laughs> where there's less skill involved. Yeah. <laughs> it's insanity. It does sound more appealing. It is. It's it's a lot more. Like I, I I despite the fact that I was horrifically addicted to it for a long time, I could see its faults, and its faults were eventually drove me away. Um, and then I got tempted back by a friend. And yes, you did up. have the one month wobble a few months ago, didn't you? <laughs> yes, yeah, I just dropped off completely. Um, then a friend convinced me to go back and help him with with uh, some bits and pieces. Ended up having quite a lot of fun playing it. Found the Taken King quite cheap, and yeah, 
<laughs> I'm hooked again. <laughs> Do you know about the best-selling game system in the world? About Nintendo Game System? Do you know about games that will swipe you off your feet like you're really in them with real sound and real pictures that come out and hit you in the face? Games that'll challenge you till you explode with excitement. I can restore life. I can give magic. I can. Games that you'll never want to put down that'll dare you and captivate you with so much action you'll be absorbed by them until you're sucked into your television set. Andy, what have you been playing this month? Oh, I've, I've been hammering games away. About four games completed. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> well, since I got back from the States, basically, I just had a lot of free time and just hammering away. So I've got a few games to talk about. Um, first game I want to talk about was inspired by your chat on the um, strategy games. Oh, right. Yeah. I was in the States listening to it and I was like, God, I quite fancy one of these strategy games. And I did have a Vita with me. And yeah. so I picked, Why not? Yeah. <laughs> You're in the States, but countryside. But you take your Vita with you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's the law. It is. <laughs> <laughs> my wife always complaining about me. It was through security. I was I'm always bringing out the tablet, the Vita, <laughs> the camera, all sorts of stuff. Oh, wow. I was there. I remember this game called Warhammer Squad Command. And it was originally on the PSP. So I thought, oh, quite fancy that. And looked at the PSN store and it was there. Um, so this is based on the Warhammer 40k world. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, a little bit. Not at all. Well, basically, the motto is, there is only war in this universe. <laughs> 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 it's quite grim. <laughs> Not a lot of fun. But we do have interesting Space Marines characters, etc. So, this is a turn-based game. Um, it has a very loose story. Essentially, there's a few cutscenes between the missions. You're saving the world. That's it. You know, we talk about Destiny's story, lack of, lack of it. This is even probably even worse, but at least not looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually, it's all d- 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 dripped in between each level. So each level's a separate level. Unlike XCOM, I understand, you don't take your characters or from one level to the next, so they don't actually upgrade. All right. That's weird. Yeah, it's quite strange at first. But what you do at the end of each missions there's 15 missions in all you unlock new weapons and new characters mm. for example you start off with the lowest character which is a space marine scout they call it it's basically this guy and he's got no armor and as you progress you might unlock a sniper rifle or a better bolt gun and then as you get to mission two or three you get you unlock a space marine who's fully armored yeah got you so you unlocking characters and until you get to your Terminators and your Dreadnoughts or big, large machines. You get points at the end of each mission, so it values you on how quick you do it and how many people you killed and, and how many people you lost. You've got different objectives, so sometimes it can be a race to a point or kill us all, all the people or hold your bit of area for a set of time. So you've got different things going on. I mean... It's enjoyable. It's, it's on the Vita. I did complete it. I really enjoy it. And one thing about it is the points. I mean, because one of the missions was, I think it was towards the end. So you're fighting these robotic giant spiders. Um, they are called, specialist name, I can't remember. Even though I've got a bit, I like the universe, I can't remember what they're called. And first time I played through, we just destroyed the squad. Dead. A few turns. So I just played a careful game of, and it lasted 48 turns, this one level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but to win, just to, I just want to, I just want to complete the game. I'm not bothered about my score. Mm. And so 48 turns, and I got zero points. <laughs> but I beat the game. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. But yeah, that's really enjoyable. It's on the Vita. The second game I uh, completed with my brother um, was Resident Evil Revelations 2. I don't know if you've played that. Okay. No, and I haven't played any of them no. since 4. <laughs> yeah, oh. I gave up after 4 as well. Yeah. No, well, this. I've played 5 and 6, and I've played the first Revelations. Now, 5 and 6, especially in particular 6, is just rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the consensus. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a return back to the old style, almost tank controls, Resi type of like four. Yeah, isn't this the sequel to the one that was on the 3DS? Yeah, this is 3DS and the PS3. Okay. Um, uh, 360 it was. Okay. And this was released earlier this year in episodic form, I think on the PlayStation Network and the Xbox Live. Yeah. I got the um, disc copy, which has got all the episodes on and a couple of extras. And what's good about this one, like 5 and 6, it's co-op. But instead of two of you going gung-ho, killing zombies, well, not even zombies now. They're, not, they're just some sort of mutated creatures now. It's, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's fucking weird. Um, <laughs> um, you've got, you play as Claire or Barry. So Barry? Yeah, Barry, Barry from the first one, you know. I know, uh, but oh, honestly, <laughs> why didn't they just call him Ian and I'm done with it? Dear, oh dear, Barry. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> what a name. Not a heroic name at all. No, not really. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Andy. Yeah, sorry, is, it, is it Barry Burton? His name's Barry Burton, so he's BB. All right. Yeah. <laughs> After the gun. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you play as Claire, you get taken to this island. It's all featured on this one island. And each episode is divided one half's Claire, one half's Barry. So Claire and Barry are the gun toting ones going out going gung ho. But if you play co op, the other person takes control of the other character. Now if it's Claire, you're Moira, who's Barry's daughter, and Barry's come to save her. And if you're Barry, you play with Natalia. Who's this little girl who he finds? Okay. Now these other two, they can't fight zombies as such. Natalia can't in particular. She's got a special power that sort of highlights weak points, while okay. Moira can hit them, but really does nothing else. She can't fire a gun. Mm-hmm. So that's made it twist in the gameplay where one person sort of going gun, you know, got the weapons and killing them, while the other person can make them weaker, highlighting the Weak points. If you, in particular, if you play it with you know with somebody, it's a lot better game. Yeah. Storylines, typical Resident Evil. Absolute nonsense, then. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah. rubbish. Um, but great. Oh yes, bring the same oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> More virus, and <laughs> but I'm sick and tired. I don't know if it's me or if it's just some. It's, it's just coming to the games. These monsters are so generic now. Mm. They just mm. we just do these flesh bubble flesh things and it's just like, yeah, there you go. Fight this and come running at you. And you just like you just go sometimes wish for a zombie. Come on, just yeah. rotting that's, flesh. That's it. Yeah, we've we've seen it all so many times before now though, haven't we? I mean when Resident Evil first came out it was pretty much on its own. You know, and um obviously when you got Nemesis and it just really up the up the ante. You know, but um you've seen it so many times in not just Resi games, but just 
um, any survival horror these days. They seem to have taken the uh, template and just run with it, don't they? Yeah, it's just generic yeah. monsters. Yeah, it's like they took the moment where it was it was Resident Evil Two the first time you saw one of the lickers, those things yeah. with like the long yeah. tongues. It's like the reveal of that was so amazing that mm. it's like every game they've brought out since then they've tried to they have to top what they've done before. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, it got a little bit ridiculous. Uh, some of the enemies in in four, the, the last one I played, were a, a little bit like really, really, can I just fight some zombies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> well. It's a good game, you know. If you can play it two player, you know, you're always going to have these side characters with you. Um, whether you play, if you're playing it single player, so is it kind of like a twist on escort missions, but yeah. the escort characters being controlled by someone? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's kind of cool. And the escort character mm. could actually do something yeah. instead of just staying going, screaming, running around, and <laughs> yeah, having to chase after him, you know, trying to get him back or anything. They've actually got a bit of a purpose, you know, they've got some interesting abilities that they can use. Yeah. So, that's an interesting twist. Um, at the end of it, it's got a good band ending, and this really pissed me off, because I got the bad ending as such. Oh, I always hate that. Yeah. What it was, I had to go looking for it, what happened, why I didn't get a good ending, because I thought I did everything right. I found, I think it was at the end of episode two or three, I think it's like Moira or Claire, I think it's Claire. If Claire fires the gun, which is within her grasp, almost just within her reach as such, and the, and the game says, tells you to press a button to grab the gun, if you're Claire. Mm. So, you, so you press the button because, hey, it tells you, you're used mm-hmm. to it, we're all used to these QTEs now. Yeah. yeah. Quick tapping, you know. And you shoot the enemy you've been fighting, that doesn't mean, that means you're not going to get the good ending. What? Yeah. yeah it, it, I was like, what? Really? <laughs> oh, Jesus. It has to be the other player to grab the gun and shoot the monster. But because it's, because we're playing with my brother and we played it couch co-op, it was flashing on my side of the screen and his side of the screen. So it was basically, it was like a race to get the gun. Now, if I knew it, he he had to get the gun. I just wouldn't have tapped the buttons. Just let him. Yeah, I just let him do it. Yeah. So things like that really annoy me. It was just a bit the designs, like I said, the design of the monsters. But you know, I think I picked it up for fifteen quid, so it's quite cheap. Yeah, okay. that's pretty good. At the moment, um, couch co-op. I think it does have online co-op, so it's well worth getting back. It if you haven't played like you two haven't played since four. Mm. These revelations games are probably better way to get back into Resident Evil rather than the 5 and 6. Yeah, it sounds like it's a more familiar feel than yeah. um, than it became. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The thing is as well, it's always got the couch co-op going for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is something that's sadly lacking a lot these days. And you yeah. just think, why? You know, because there used to be some great games. I mean, good God, you had stuff like GoldenEye, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, well, there's uh, been uh, um, there's been a bit of a resurgence with that, like uh, with Towerfall and yeah. um, Samurai Gun and um, uh, Nidog and things like that. But uh, it's only coming from the indie scene. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The major publishers just seem to want to throw you onto li- online stuff. Yeah, and yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, if you did a proper Resident Evil Seven like this, and your co-op partner had interesting abilities. Maybe a bit more offensive. We don't have to have a gun as such. Hmm. 
but if they had different abilities, I think that would that would be a big hit. You know, so I'm sort of experiment with the idea here. I mean, yeah, I think the next one's going to be like an FPS. Yeah. Oh yeah, no that yeah. that team based shooter. Yeah, yeah that yeah. looks a bit. No. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they should just bring back Dino Crisis. Oh yeah, that's what I need to do. <laughs> that was, co- what was the second one co-op, wasn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I played the first two, and they were both great. Yeah, but um, I, the, the thing, the third one was in was Dino Crisis in space or something like that, and it sounds awful. Yeah, I never played that. <laughs> <laughs> the third game was a bit of a time stealer. Um, and Katie will love this. It was Dragon Age. Oh, Dragon Age. Oh, the original. Nice. Yeah, but uh, the Ultimate Edition. No, so the edition that's got every piece of DLC. Yeah, it's got. Um, is it Awakening? Awakening, yeah. Witch Hunt, Warden's Keep. It's got. Yeah, yeah. I've never tried any of them. <laughs> oh, I played so much of that game. Yeah, so this was about 90, no, about 100 hours, I think it was. Just under 100 hours of gameplay. Oh, easily, easily. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow, <laughs> and you've completed that. <laughs> yeah, I've completed it. I've sort of started the second one. <laughs> I, told you, I told you I had some free time in the last few weeks. Good God, no sleep till Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I still think uh, that is the best one of the series. Yeah. I played all three. I didn't finish the latest one. The, the name's completely escaping me. Dragon Age what? Dragon Age Inquisition, yeah. I was really enjoying it. Um, and chipping away at it up until The Witcher came out, and then I was like, oh, this is what an open-world RPG game should be. So I, I haven't seen the end, and the end might be mm. incredible. But it's the, the Dragon Age Origins was just outstanding. Like um, I played it on PC, so I, I don't know what the uh, console version's like, but um, as someone who used to play Baldur's Gate and games like that, it yeah. was just incredible. And it had one thing that I absolutely loved about uh, Origins, that then they didn't bring back in either of the, the two sequels, and that was uh, the, is it Orzammar? The giant right. dwarven city underground. Yeah. That was yeah. one of my favourite environments yeah. in any um, uh, like fantasy RPG I've ever played. And it's only in the first one. They never they, You never go back no. to anywhere like that. And it's like the closest thing I've seen in like a video game, in video games as to like uh, how you see... Um, Moria in the yeah. Lord of the Rings films, like the scale of it is incredible, yeah. and it's it, uh, yeah. I mean, the storyline was a hell of a lot better, I think, in the first one, and there was a lot more choice uh, as the series went on. You, EA's influence was more apparent, and the, yeah. became, the games became a little bit more accessible. Yeah. Um, I think Katie might disagree with me on that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. It was a brilliant game. If you if if uh, if you find it cheap, I'd recommend it to anyone. Yeah, get the ultimate edition if you can. It has got yeah. everything. But yes, and Awakening, um, especially was was an yeah. like that is how you're supposed to do DLC. Yeah, that is. What platform? What platform did you play it on, Andy? I played it on PS3. Wow, taking it back to old school then. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is a PS PS3 360 and the PC, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, and like I said, I think. You can get the probably be able to pick the ultimate edition. Everything's on disc. The only thing I had to do was I had to email email EA because there's a problem with the PS3 version. Some versions of it doesn't have one of the DLCs on disc. But you just email them. You say, look, I've got this. I've got the copy of the game. Can you email the a code for it? And they just they just did that for me. 
So if you have to, I mean, if anyone's after, who's got a PS3 and played this, it, it does provide value for money. Um, in terms of, start, I think the storyline, the first one, like say, Mark is is better in terms of the politics and the yeah. companions. Yeah, and it it felt like more of a uh, more was at stake. Yeah, in the storyline in the first one than than in either of the sequels, especially the second one. Yeah, um, I mean the third one tries to raise it a little bit, but you know the first one is like this is humanity fighting for its very survival. Yeah, uh, and the politics that is surrounding that as well. Yeah, and uh, people trying to get the upper hand whilst the world is in chaos. And, yeah, oh, it's great. Yeah. I just think Awakening though does have those more grey areas in terms of the bad guys. Yes, yeah. Um, although there was a bit. I mean, like yeah. um, the one of the the villains in the the main game. Um, I can't remember his name. Is it Logan? Logan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's not completely black and white. No. Like um, there's a little bit of grey to his character, but uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It, was, it became a lot more. Um, complicated in, yeah. in a good way in Awakening and then um, I really enjoyed uh, Leliana's yeah. um, standalone DLC as well I really enjoyed that part um, Witch Hunt Witch Hunt was really good yeah you know that, that, was, that was sort of the ending of a whole saga um, yeah I did enjoy it really did enjoy it the only thing was you know it's like typical RPG You've got, you always carry too much stuff don't you you, you become oh God, a harder yeah. <laughs> you, you yes. become a harder yeah <laughs> And I'm going to hang on to all of these potions because I might need them in the future and then you never use them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have this money shiny. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> you could put us on hoarders, you know, do the Dragon Age hoarders show and you'd be like, this is all my stuff. You know, you try to carry everything around with you and you're yeah. always having to junk stuff. So what we did with Warden's Keep, wasn't it? That was a bit of extra DLC. We put a chest in. Yeah, and I think we realised the mistake because I've, in two we've got the chest right at the start, and in, re- in reality we should have had a chest right at the start. I, instead of yeah. one's keep, it should have been at your camp. Yeah, it's something that a lot of RPG makers have have learnt since yeah. to have some sort of stash or something. Although The Witcher Three, they had to patch it in later because people were complaining about how they couldn't carry everything. <laughs> so not not everybody learned straight away, but yeah, it, it should be it should be automatic. If you're going to have a game uh, like uh, even Diablo does it, like uh, if you're going to have a game that's going to spew loot at you, you need to have somewhere to put it. Yeah, on site out and everything. That's why that's why I'm looking forward to Just Cause Three because um, everything that you've got on Rico, he just walks around with it anyway. It seems to be on his um, amazing backpack. <laughs> it's his tardis pockets. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised he's not driving around with a tank, you know, in a pocket somewhere on this next one. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a problem in Fallout Four. I already know. I'm going to be over encumbered <laughs> so many times. <laughs> Do you remember that game? Though? I thought it was quite an ingenious idea, especially for fantasy style role playing games was um, Dungeon Siege and they gave you a donkey <laughs> a mule. They you, so you went around in your party um, and, you know, get, it was a graphical model and everything went round with you and yeah it was, so you could put all your loot on this mule <laughs> that's how I treated um, NPC companions in Skyrim <laughs> just to use them as a pack horse when I'd got too much equipment I just dumped loads in their inventory <laughs> I mean, it had to be done but yeah highly recommended Dragon Age so plowed 100 hours in and then the last two games I have to say 
probably two of the most fun games I've played this year for a long time. So first one was Blood Bowl 2. Oh, yes. I've seen you playing this yeah. uh, quite a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing of this game. Uh, it's another one, Games Workshop IP. Oh, no, I do know. But yeah, sorry, you sent me a video of this. Is yeah. the American football style thing. Yeah, it's American yes. style football. I got it on the PS4. It's out on the Xbox One and PC. And essentially, it is American football. But, so if if you like American football, you will enjoy this. But if you also, if you like XCOM, because I've heard this is like into XCOM, you will, you will, you will like this. Cause it is turn-based. Essentially, it's set in this Warhammer world, and it's just basically a spin-off. It's a piss take of it all. <laughs> so you've got commentators, you've got a vampire commentator, an ogre commentator. As you play through the tutorial, it's actually your campaign. It's a great way to learn about the ins and outs of um, actual Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl is actually based on a board game by Games Workshop back in the 80s and I think it was released in the, re-released in the 90s. Okay. So you've got two teams. As you play, I've, I've, all I've done is play through the campaign. Um, I will eventually go online with it. But you start off, you take this human team through the whole league and you're playing various matches. It's turn-based. Unlike the Warhammer 40k game I played as Squad Command, your players can be upgraded. You know, their stats can improve if they do certain things. So if they've got skill points and they can get certain skills like dodge, hit more armor, jump up, more strength. So making better players. Each player's got a movement square, how far they can move, and an action. So if, for example, your player, your thrower, as they call it, throws a ball, that's his action. So he rolls a die, and you can see the die in the corner. And if it succeeds or not, it gives you the odds of, of it happening. So it says 67% chance of him successfully throwing this ball. And you designate which player's going to catch it, and it could be a player in the open. But if it's a long pass, you know, is less likely to catch it. Does it do the dice roll before you actually do the action? No, it shows you potentially what would happen. Before you before you yeah, click. Before you okay. click. Right, 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 I see, I see. So you can say, Alright, so I'm gonna throw it to this player, six, seven percent chance of throwing it. This player is surrounded by the the opposite team, he's got a thirty three percent chance of catching it. Might want to pass it to someone else who's got maybe a specialist catching skill and he might have a seventy five, eighty percent chance of catching it. So you can see what's going on. But even then, even if it's 80% or 90%, there's an element of it absolutely going wrong. And as soon as it goes wrong, you fail the roll and the die, your turn is over. It's a game of 16 turns, 8 turns, a half. And in each turn, each team's got the movement phase and the action phase. If you fail, you any die rolls, so you could decide to do... I'm going to, For example, I know I want to throw to him and I want him to catch it, but... I want these players, first of all, to block and knock down the opposite team. Unlike American football, this is a bloody game. <laughs> Seriously, you can knock players out. I've had players killed. <laughs> you can knock them out for the game. I've had referees knocking the players out. All sorts of stuff will happen in this game. It's very tactical. You have to plan out. So you might go, I've got this big ogre guy. Right. He's going to block against this little weedy orc or whatever. And because he's stronger, he's going to get two die to roll. Now, what might happen is you roll the two die, and then you've got you can choose which one's better. So one might be just to push him back, push your enemy back, or you might get one where it just smacks him into the ground. You've got a chance of stunning him. But for example, you might get two skulls, which means your player has failed, 
and he's going to be on his ass. Now you've got a chance to re-roll that, and you get two re-rolls per half, or you can buy more, so you can have three or four. It just depends on where you put your money in. So you say you get your two skulls, and you think, oh, bollocks, because I haven't, I haven't done this block, I haven't done this block, I haven't done this, I haven't done that. He's going to eat... He hasn't even picked the ball up. So the ball's out in the open. But the first thing you've decided to do, it's failed. <laughs> so you can have, so you can say, all right, I'll, just, I'll save my re-rolls for later in the half because something more important might come up. Mm-hmm. Or you might say, I, I can't let, I've got to do it, use it now. But you use your re-roll. If it fails, it fails, you, you turn ends. But it might succeed, you might get a ch- better chance. So that is what essentially the game is like turn-based hell of a lot of fun very colorful very bloody yeah it looks it looks quite vibrant <laughs> yeah <laughs> from the trailer so <laughs> yeah i've been playing madden a bit but this is a different type of game to madden mm. you know so it, it does sound quite similar to uh to xcom yeah and even when you're not players down because i've i've bottled, bottled myself in at times because you've not players down and they take a square up you might think you might not be able to get the ball or get the player who's got the ball. So you're going, bollocks. So even where you place the players that you've knocked down, you have to think really like almost three, four players or turns in advance what you want to do. 16 turns as well. That seems very, very limiting. Yeah. You think, good God, you've really got to get your, <laughs> got your game yeah. on straight and away. interesting thing with this because the normal ball game, so the turn can be, can be as short as it can be. You know, your first role can be a failure and that can be the end of your go mm. but on the game itself they've added a timer in, <laughs> and the maximum they'll allow you to do all your mo- positions and maneuvers everything is four minutes so it does add an element of thinking on a bit more faster i mean you can, you can knock it down to three minutes two minutes but four minutes is a fair amount of time for you to get everything done I mean, I've started halves with about eight players out of 11 <laughs> <laughs> the opposition have started sometimes with six just it's just the way it works out, but it is a hell of a lot of fun, and it gets the commentators are brilliant. The vampire, Jim and, and the Bob the ogre, you know, and the way they've done the campaign as a tutorial. If you're not familiar with the game, is brilliant. Have you played it online at all? No, I haven't played it online not yet. It was. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> it sounds like you're still building yourself up. I for got that distracted one. by <laughs> Dragon Age Origins. I wanted to finish that. Off. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, <laughs> for a hundred hours. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Highly recommended. One of the best games, and um, the last game I really want to talk about is another colourful one: Transformers Devastation. Okay, is that the the new one by um, Platinum? Yeah, it's a new one by Platinum. Mm. The one that looks like the G One cartoons. Yeah, it looks lovely. Yeah, I've seen yeah. your screenshots. You've been tweeting quite a few of them, haven't you, over the last few days? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought I Just actually the... thought it was the cartoon. <laughs> I got me com- no. completely fooled. <laughs> it is unbelievable how they've got the cartoon quality look, making a three D world look two D. Yeah, and the movement of it, it is essentially a beat 'em up. But the speed of these robots—they've got the clunkiness as they're walking about. But when the, when it's fighting, the speed that you can pull these maneuvers off and button changes and direction changes I've just never seen a game especially in a Transformers game like it we've got various characters, we've got the classic Optimus Prime, Bumblebee Sideswipe um, the voice actors are all there I mean it's quite tough so far, I've only, I've only done the first chapter 
Um, and then you've got a dodge button. And if you dodge successfully, you'll get a little slowdown, you know, like moment, where you can instantly go on the attack, attack the Decepticons, the enemy, or whoever you're fighting. You get a bit of, bit of a, you know, a one-up on them. Is it like a bullet time thing, then? It's like a bullet time thing, yeah. Just a slowdown, where if you perform a dodge really successfully, you will get a bullet time of about maybe two seconds, two, three seconds to perform an attack on them. I mean, the world, it's not a big world. So far, it's quite linear. Um, some side missions going on. But what I've also got, and I've really, and this is the only game that I've ever seen with, with Transformers game, they've got the transformation right. So transforming is an important part of the game. So the special attacks, how you transform them, the way they move, Sound, you know, can't even do it right. <laughs> <laughs> but all that is part of it, you know. Peter Cullen's Optimus Prime, you know. I was talking to someone the other night on Twitter, and he says, "Yeah, it's you know, the Megatron is really tough." Optimus Prime says, "Megatron must be stopped, and no matter the cost." And all sorts of brilliant quotes. And if you're a Transformers fan, you love it. But as a beat 'em up. <laughs> And it's just the fact that it's just full of vibrant colour that we don't really see. The system we've got is brilliant. Yeah, it looks interesting. What platform have you been playing that on? Uh, PS4. In PS4, yeah. Yeah, but it's out on PS3, 360, um, mm. Xbox One. Yeah, I mean, the way it looks, it looks like it's cel-shaded practically, so yeah, I, I yeah. don't think it'd, you'd lose a lot on the graphics side, you know, just from going back to the older platforms anyway. No. Mm. But the speed of it, that just surprised me and everything about it. I've just been playing it with a big grin on my face. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm a big Transformers fan, and it is brilliant. It's one of those games that, you know, will go down in price and it's just Activision haven't really marketed it because it's been getting really good reviews I mean I looked at the Metacritic it's got about 76 or something that's oh, not mm. too bad no yeah. so but Activision have almost sent this one out you know to die yeah mm. I didn't even know it was out no no me neither and it has kind of come out in the middle of you know, um, <laughs> yeah. Destiny expansion yeah. and, and Metal Gear and, <laughs> and uh, whatnot, come, and Fallout coming up as well. Yeah, there's been a real slew of stuff over the last few weeks or so, haven't there? Hmm. Yeah, um, Assassin's Creed is out this week. I think. Yep. Week, yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be bothered with that one. Though. No, me neither. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I will say about these two games, like Blood Bowl Two and Transformers, they've been priced cheaper, hmm. so they're not triple their prices. But, you know, like, double-A prices. <laughs> so, could this be the first mid-level or wherever it is, you know, that's actually been released for the PS4, then? Yeah, these two... You know what I mean? There's There's been, like, a lack of these middle-tier games, you know, and there's been some decent stuff that's been released like that, but mm. there's been nothing for the PS4. It's all, like, AAA releases, basically, mm. or indie. There's nothing yeah. in between. So. I picked up for 40 quid. But if you don't pick it for fight, it'll drop down in price. And then these two games, I picked up Blood Bowl for 30. If I go down to 25, 20, they're worth it. Yeah, I've never been um, much of a Transformers fan, and I, I'm terrible at character action games. Um, mm. I've managed to get through um, Platinum's last one, um, 
Well, the last Platinum game I played anyway, uh, Metal Gear Rising, only by playing it on easy. It's the only way I could get through it. I just couldn't, I could never been able to get to grips with that sort of game. Um, but I enjoy them nonetheless, so I will probably pick that up when it's cheaper. That's how I get through all my games, easy. <laughs> Put <them> on easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never really graduating. <laughs> I might go to easy because I've been playing this. Some of the boss fights have just gone for quite a bit. They're really tough, so I might just drop it, drop a level down. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's uh, if I'm admittedly bad at a particular type of game, I've got no shame in playing it on easy. That's it for me. I mean. Did you, anyone play the Star Wars? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it yeah. Was, it's, it's beautiful to look at, it's beautiful to listen to, but mm. that's it. It's just, yeah. just trying to think of the Battlefield. Sorry. Yeah. It's like Battlefield with the Star Wars skin on it, unfortunately. Mm. I was a bit unimpressed. <laughs> well, this is where our criticisms are going to differ, I think, because I'm a big Battlefield fan. Um, I played. God knows how many hours of Battlefield mm. 4 um, over the course of about a year and a half. But I went into this kind of expecting it to be more like Battlefield than it was. Uh, and it's more, it's kind of more like Battlefront used to be. And I guess I should have expected that. It's a Battlefront game, it's not Battlefield. Mm. Um, but having come from Battlefield, DICE has done what it does always does in terms of graphics and sound design in that they are incredible. Like it looks like Star Wars yeah. and it sounds like Star definitely, Wars. It definitely. sounds incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Dice is yeah. so good at sound design, uh, especially. <laughs> but um, the gameplay is far too simple, to the point where you you're like her firing a gun is no more accurate aiming down sights than it is from firing from the hip. So there's no yeah. point aiming down the sights because you're just quicker to quicker to draw if you just fire from the hip. Um, and it's got really stripped down um, perks and, and uh, weapons, uh, no attachments to any of the weapons or anything like that. You can't really customize things to, to fit the way that you play. And the vehicle bits, I mean, did you play any of the Walker Assault? Um, yeah. yeah, I tried a bit. Yeah. And yeah. I won that as a Rebels, I won. I won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I got one, but it was so hard. That was another problem. It, it is, it's a beta, so they can kind of try and fix yeah. it. But I think... <laughs> A problem with with that game mode is, especially on that map, it's fundamentally weighed towards the the empire because they've got far more artillery. Yeah, yeah. I just got bored of getting the shit kicked out of me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, um, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, I, I was expecting it to be more of a, um, like I say, more, more of a battlefield sort of game and less battlefront. But it's a f- yeah. To people who re- who still really like battlefront, they'll probably enjoy it. I just think it, I felt it was a little bit too simple. Yeah, and that's what I was going to mention about the vehicles. Having gotten used to absolutely bossing it on Battlefield in a scout chopper, having to get into these vehicles and find that a lot of them are kind of on rails was very disappointing. It's I'll probably pick it up when it's cheap, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm not. I was really excited for it, and now I'm not. Yeah, 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 same here. I was, I was mm-hmm. quite looking forward to it, but it's just lost its sheen for me when um, they were advertising a £150-odd version of it. I just thought, right, that's it, I'm already out. <laughs> See, that's even more egregious than Battlefield was. Like, I, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know whether they're going to take the same route as they did with the Battlefield DLC, but when I first got it, it was 40 quid plus 40 quid for the expansion, so a, yeah. a shell at £80 uh, <laughs> on day one for Battlefield 4. Oh. Um, mm. But um, they have, I mean, Battlefield 4 came out two years ago. Yeah, yeah, I think. easy. And they're, they're still releasing DLC that's covered under that, 40, that extra £40 pounds for the season pass. So, I mean, they've, they've, they've done an amazing job of supporting that game. It had a terrible launch, um, garnered a very bad reputation because 
the servers were a mess for ages. It took them nearly a year to get it fully working. <laughs> but they just keep on giving more and more content. Uh, and and I, I think that hopefully they might do the same thing for Battlefront. But even with that, asking people to shell out more than £100 on day one for a game is a little bit... Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit much. I, I, I was going to pick it up on day one. You know, I, I did like it. You know, I did enjoy the Walker Assault. It did feel like Star Wars. Mm. You know, I did get confused at first by not reloading. Yes, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when they announced, I mean, announced the season pass on the last day of the beta, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was on the high. And they thought, oh, you fucking... Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. Pull you in. And, uh, and then rip your heart That's out. That's it. £100. They're just yeah. like the worst crack dealer on the block, aren't they? It's just awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they know that they can... Like, there's a new Star Wars yeah. film coming out. They can feed yeah, it off, yeah. the, off the fan base. So they'll charge what they want. And they'll probably get it from a lot of the people oh, as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Unfortunately. People will mm. pay that. Yep, mind you, saying that, I've <laughs> shelled out, what, 120 quid's worth so far <laughs> on Lego Dimensions, <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, tell us about that. Real... Oh, what a wonderful game. <clears throat> yeah. It's just such a great hoot. There's so much comedy in it, and the characterisation is absolutely spot on. The voice acting is fantastic. You've only got to look on Wikipedia and look at the cast list, and you go, what? <laughs> this is better than most of the blockbusters. Is it the cast from the film? It's the cast from the film. Oh, it's nice. cast from the games. It's cast from the respective um, worlds they go to. You know, So okay. you've got The Simpsons, you've got Doctor Who... Uh, you've got all the doctors, uh, which is quite something because huh. uh, three of them are dead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> shaping up to be a really good game. I, at the moment, I'm on to, I think I've done four worlds so far, and uh, just loving it. Just everything about it is absolutely pitch perfect. The, the gameplay itself is exactly what you'd expect from a Lego game. You can run around and bash everything you can. The hub, bizarrely enough, is actually better on this than it's been for a long time. You know where you get your hub world? And yeah. you know with Marvel, where it was just like the whole of New York City. <laughs> and it just took you forever to find a, a, a mission. Well, with this, it's basically, I don't know... About 30 seconds to walk right around the whole hub. That's good. Yeah. Um, the actual joy of building your sets is back as well. You know, you, you've actually got a physical Lego set to build, mm. which has taken me back to being <laughs> about seven. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I'm lapping it up. The, uh, the There's just so so many glorious comedy moments in the cutscenes and actually in, in-game dialogue as well. So... You play through all the worlds, though, because there's nine different worlds. Yeah. I understand that. But to... So you go through Scooby-Doo, Wizard of mm-hmm. Oz, but to actually unlock the world of the hub in that world, such, you need the extra pack. So if you want to... You play through the level on the dimension bit, but to actually... Of the Oz mm. level, but to unlock the Oz world as such, you need the Wizard of Oz pack, do you? Yeah, or at least a character that's got abilities that would be able to unlock that right. by the looks of it at the minute. I mean, there's a good article on um, Kotaku, is it, uh, the website? Mm. Um, somebody actually right. posted a, a, a list of the kits that you would need 
to completely unlock everything and it's not half as much as there is available. You know, you can get, get away with about half of it and still be able to completely unlock it and 100% the game. But okay. like you said uh, the other day, Andy, there's already new packs being announced, you know, new oh. levels, new worlds. Oh, so yeah. this has got legs from... <laughs> playing the lego games yourself the replayability of them is ridiculous you know because once you've actually unlocked that level and gone through it you, you to actually just go through it and free play you know is quite something anyway they've put so much detail into it it's just such a joy to play yeah which has been missing from a lot of games just lately actually mm. yeah <laughs> it's certainly not po-faced <laughs> <laughs> no that no, sounds good and we've made use of a portal a bit more oh we? yeah very so, much well um, when you're unlocking worlds, when you finally finish a world, um, there's actual discs on the back of your portal unit that you've got to then um, reassemble onto the front of the portal, you know, so that you can actually, you've got a physical indication of whereabouts you are in the game, just there right. in Lego bricks, just there day in, day out, reminding you how much you've got left to do. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like an interesting concept. It, it's uh, yeah, a bit of a twist on the Skylanders and um, Disney Infinity sort of model. Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, I think it's probably going to be a lot longer th- lifespan than, um, say, the Disney Infinities, you mm. know, because I've noticed that the Infinities keep coming out with, like, a new version. You know, it's like Disney Infinity 2.0, yeah. 3.0. You know, yeah. it, it, that means that nothing is backwards compatible at all, you mm. know. But with this, you've got your portal and all your Lego pieces. They've just got the same base anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's. I remember hearing that we've got a three-year plan for it. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, there there seems to be no limit to what you could do with it. You know, because the way they've designed it, it's very open-ended. Yeah. You know, and to uh, add stuff, they wouldn't actually need to put any DLC on it as such. You know, because you could do that with your level packs anyway. Yeah. That could be quite something. If three mm. years, you're still playing the same game. That's <laughs> that's something I don't think I've done since I played A3 and HX. <laughs> <laughs> no, my copy did arrive today eventually. My wife was a bit late with my birthday present. Uh, so. Grounds for divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll go down too well after a couple No, of no, not really. <laughs> yeah, she'll regret buying you that. <laughs> yeah, well, she will do. The other one I've been playing this month is Counter Spy, which is um, something I picked up off a PlayStation Network. Um, I know that you guys have probably got it free because it was on uh, PlayStation Plus, I think, a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. 
well, guess what? I didn't bother. I thought, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, don't know. Don't look like my kind of thing. We're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, I managed to pick it up for £4 anyway. Mm. Dive straight into it, and it's just great fun. Came out last year as well. Um, I was looking up, you know, because I thought, this looks fairly sharp and fairly new. Yeah. Apparently, it just came out last summer. And the fact that you can play it on all the platforms, you know, it's great fun. Yeah, and, and cross-save as well, so you can just yeah. switch between the two. Cross-saves. This is a game that you can keep going back to. I mean, uh, oh, when when that um, first opening screen comes up and it says something like, levels are randomly generated, your experience is different every time. Yeah. As soon as that comes up, yeah, I just think, yippee! <laughs> <laughs> Because I know that then, you know, you, you're not stuck to doing the same old story and same old grind, you know, and having to go back to a certain level and do it again, mm. do it again. Um, yeah, it's great. It's just such a bizarre art style, isn't it? It's just... Yeah, I mean, the, the gameplay kind of took something that I really enjoyed from... Um, I don't know if you've ever played the game Stealthink. No, not oh, yet. It's called. Uh, yeah, I think they, they called it Stealth Bastard on on PC, and then, <laughs> and then had to change it to Stealthink on um, oh. on PlayStation. Uh, I played a lot of the first one on uh, on Mavita and uh, really really enjoyed that. But that was more of a case of uh, all the levels are set. So when you do a level, it was just if you wanted to play it again, it was just a case of going back and trying to beat your time. Um, Whereas this one, there's no element of that at all because you'd never play the same level twice. It's more like um, Spelunky in that in mm. that aspect. Yeah, it's it's just the um, style of it as well, where it's like a, a side-scrolling stealth game, mm. but it's I don't know whether it's two D or three D. Is it like two and a half D or something? It's it's, um, it's kind of like uh, I don't know. I, th- I think I might be remembering it wrong, but it's it's kind of reminds me a little bit of the way that um, Crash Bandicoot used to be presented. And it was like yeah. 3D, but a lot of the time, I, it, when you uh, you know when you had the side scrolling sections of that, it was mm. you were on a 2D plane but in 3D world. Um, yeah, it, but most of it is kind of there are sections where it switches dimension, uh, but most of it's yeah. played along, uh, just played 2D. Like when you're pulling a guy behind a barrel and suddenly yes. you're <laughs> set, facing him straight forward. Yeah, um, the the stealth element's quite good on it. Mm. Um, just really well thought out. Uh, it's a very Moorish game, you know. You I've found that I just can't put it down when I've got it running on the Vita. Um, I've got obviously played it on the other platforms as well. I think it works very well on Vita for yes, some reason. Yeah. You know, it seems to be the one that's getting all the hammer. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's 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 a shame that the Vita hasn't sold particularly well um, because. Whenever uh, one of these indie games comes out that's uh, cross-platform on PlayStation, the, uh, you always say the same thing: oh, it's best to play it on Vita. It plays best on Vita, or it looks best on Vita." Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's true; they they all play and and look better on the Vita. Partly, but have you got a, a, a gen, Generation One Vita, one of the old um, ones? Yes, the yeah. ones with the, the really decent screen. The, the OLED <laughs> screen, yeah, that screen yes. is incredible. <laughs> And, and games like this that are, are quite colourful uh, and uh, have a, a striking artistic style, uh, they just look lovely on that screen. Yeah, it is slightly different on the Vita as well. The um, mm. you know how you on the PS4 and the PS3, you've got like little specs, you know, to make it look like it's aged film. Yeah, film grain. 
Yeah, yeah, which is quite a nice touch, but mm. it's missing from the Vitas. You know, obviously they just sort of thought now, you know, keep it nice and simple. Yeah, yeah. But it just gives it this sharpness that it needs. The art style itself, you know, it's very much like the opening credits for the Hitchcock films by Saul Bass. Mm. In the, you know, and the opening credits to Archer as well, which yeah, is probably my yeah. favourite animated thing at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just so pin sharp. The, the the again, there's quite a tongue in cheekness to it, isn't there? The uh, whole sort of alternative Cold War, you know, where you've got your um, imperialists and your socialists, yeah, you know, and you just playing against each other. It's just a good giggle. I found it tricky at first because um, when I was going through the uh, DEFCON levels, you know, I'd suddenly end up on DEFCON 1. Yeah. And I'm thinking, uh, I went to DEFCON 1 on both sides now. This is not go- going too well. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until I realised that um, you didn't have to keep hitting continue once I realised that you could actually say, no, that's it, exit. Yeah. And you'd save all your game, you know, you'd save everything that you'd actually unlocked, you know, the only thing that you didn't save was your money. Mm-hmm. You know, you, had, you went back to zero cash and started again on DEFCON 3. That's it. I was away. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's the sort of game that, that very easily gets its hooks into you. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and I was kind of surprised by that, to be honest, because um, I like to play stealth games on the whole as non-lethally as possible. Uh, and trying to sneak past everyone, trying to be a ghost. <laughs> and there are bits in Counter Spy where you just yeah yeah it is kind of fun to just murder your way through. But um, yeah. <laughs> that's I, I always enjoy trying to play through like non lethally and, and as sneaky as possible in that sort of game. Um, and there's just there's a lot of sections in levels in Counter Spy where that's just not possible. Where you've got to try and you still got to do it stealthily, but you've got to take out the guards that are ahead of you well um for the lethal slash non-lethal route i really like the um oh i can't remember the name of the weapon but there's a weapon that you can shoot and if you shoot it into one of the um guys he'll turn and start shooting on his own guys that's <laughs> great fun <laughs> yeah i've got the the uh, sleeping dark gun as well that's good giggle yeah <laughs> Yeah, just watching them actually turn on each other. That's great fun. Mm. <laughs> you just hide behind a barrel and watch them go. <laughs> yeah, it does give you a lot of toys to play with. Uh, um, at first, it's quite limited in how you can get through the levels. You can't. You just have, uh, you just have a silenced pistol, don't you? Yes. Yeah, to start yeah. with, and that's that's the only tool you've got. Um, but later on, you get a lot of uh, a lot of extra toys to play with, uh, and you can buy perks like um, the one to drop your DEFCON level down was yeah, absolutely godsend. Yes. I ended up spending quite a lot of money on that particular <laughs> perk. <laughs> because I got uh yeah, um got quite careless a few times. Um and even when I was being very careful I did notice that sometimes a guard that you didn't even know was there would spot you. And it was a little mm. bit of a problem with with um not being able to see because it's two D, you can't see as much of the environment as you'd like to. Um and so occasionally I get spotted by guards that I didn't even know where I was in the line of sight. I didn't even know they were there. Um, but it's still so, so enjoyable. I didn't care. Usually, like in other stealth yeah. games, I'd be like, okay, like, quit, 
go back to the last checkpoint but this was like ah just keep going it's too much fun yeah that's it run (laughs) (laughs) well according to they were in an IGN review and um, they said that it was inconsistent AI and uh, said that it proved to be a noticeable noticeable issue for the game Mm. and I thought well not really he's pretty good and the inconsistency I think just makes it that much more enjoyable because you're never quite sure whether you've been spotted or whether they're just idiots. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, it's developers' credit that they managed to get the AI working as well as it does in an environment that's completely randomly generated. Um, mm. They they haven't designed the guards around the environments; uh, they're just programmed to work within the environments. And yeah. on the whole, they work really, really well. Uh, and the, the stealth mechanics of it. It all fits together, which is an achievement. Especially on this kind of level. Yeah. It's obviously, I would say, a budget release. Mm. Uh, oh, it's, so it's uh, an indie release, so I'm pretty yeah, sure it's yeah, an indie exactly. release. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know that there's guys that are involved in it that have been involved with other stuff like Uncharted and um, Infamous, mm. you know, but this is more like a labour of love. Yeah. You know, and it's, it certainly looks like it as well. I mean, there's some lovely pieces on it, like when you're taking in the imperialists, you know, and you get one of the guards and he recognises you. And he says, um, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once you've actually finished it, you can actually tackle it at a bit harder level. Mm. That's the achievements on it anyway, because obviously I'm, I really wanted to get some achievements on this now. Um, <laughs> as, Especially when I found out that you've got two levels of achievements. You've got one for the PS4 and one for the um, Vita. The the actual console versions uh, differ. Really? You know, so I'm, I'm actually, yeah, oh. so I'm actually getting points on both. Oh, so they <laughs> pop twice for you. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, that's sweet. But it just means I've got to do the, um, <laughs> the whole thing again on the other console. <laughs> but, yeah, it gives me a good excuse to play again. Yeah. Um, but... I noticed that you you can actually play it. You've got to do it on intermediate and hard. And mm-hmm. um, now, knowing how hard it gets just on easy, um, I think there's going to be a lot of slogging on this one. Yeah, it can get incredibly difficult, especially if you you just get, need to get spotted by one guard uh, in a room <laughs> with lots of guards and suddenly it's just it's game over because you'll get murdered before you can take them out and the DEFCON level just keeps on rising. And Yeah, well, you can guarantee the, the the one time you get spotted, it's in a room of nine guards and one of them's got a radio ready to call in. Yeah. <laughs> you just think, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, the, that's one area where I'd say that the... Um, the PS3 uh, and PS4 version is better than the Vita, is that um, aiming, when you need yeah. to do shooting quickly, on those little sticks can sometimes be a little bit fiddly. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the music for it, um, it very much slides into that 60s spy sound mm. as well. Not just the Bond sound, I would say it's more in like Flint and um, the Austin Powers stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it's very much that way. And it sounds a bit like the Archer theme again. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. Well, that's uh, Archer yeah. nailed a lot of aspects of that sort of... Definitely. Yeah, that Cold whole War aspect. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it really ties in nicely to all that. And you can hear its influences right through. Mm. But it's absolutely perfectly pitched stuff as well. And... When the music starts to hasten up, you know, when you actually get spotted, my God, you know about it. Yeah. Because I think that actually does make you panic. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's got a. Um, I felt a little bit of like a, a classic '60s James Bond vibe about it as well. And the whole thing seems to be kind mm. of like a, um, a, a sort of a love letter to that era of, of spy movies and and um, and spy novels and what spy TV shows as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's very campy, but. Um, very, very 60s. Yes, in a really good way as well. Yeah. <laughs> so let's look at these screenshots of it. It's beautiful. Mm. That's a game. It is. Um, so your main character, is he like cloaked? Because he looks, well, I'm looking at him, he just seems, you know, he just sees <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, wearing like, he a, like a cartoon style sort of sneaking <laughs> suit. It's just all like yeah. a, a black onesie. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really funny with, eyes, yeah. with white eyes. Yeah, it's really funny because it, it, it doesn't matter how well lit the room is. He seems to be in permanent shadow. It's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> and all the guards are kind of like uh, big, barrel-chested, stomping uh, dudes with with massive chins um, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> tiny heads. Yeah, tiny heads. Yeah, massive shoulders and tiny heads. Yeah, uh, it's a very deliberate art style, but it it, it, it yeah. works. It, it's the whole thing works. It just it's got a good vibe. Yeah, I'm just looking the Soviets. Is it the Soviets you fight? Uh, no, you fight the Soviets and the Americans. You're kind of uh, in the middle, playing both sides. Yeah, uh. and you're just taking plans uh, from both sides as well. You know, because you're actually building your own missile to launch. You know, and um, then blame one of the sides for it. You know, and, <laughs> so, and just leave them to fight it out between them. <laughs> all right, so you're like an evil spy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> Although it doesn't tell you that on the outset, really, does it? It's kind of like no. you think you're trying to do it to de-escalate the Cold War. Uh, yeah, no, you're just trying to get to yeah. your own ends, basically. Basically, yeah. <laughs> to escalate it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're basically playing Dr. Evil in the middle. Well, that's how I'm playing it. I've got white yeah. cap for it and everything now. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy um, the score chase element of it as well. I had uh, a, a bit of a rivalry with uh, my friend Andy over it for a yeah, while. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you probably haven't seen it because you've gotten so far into the game that no one else has got to the point you're at. <laughs> yeah, I need to start playing it some more and try and catch you up a bit. I've left a lot of you. There's still one of our guys, yeah. Pete Cleaves. Good God, you should see his score. That is ludicrous. <laughs> I'd love to know how many hours he's put into it because um, I've piled quite a few into it. Mm. Not quite 100 hours, though, but <laughs> getting there. <laughs> But it's it's the sort of game that you can pick up and play for for five ten minutes and then put down and then pick it up again. Yeah, you know, it's not like it's not the sort of game that you necessarily have to sit and play for long periods. Although you totally can. Oh, definitely can. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'd be a good way to um, to pass like a long flight or whatever. And it'd be perfect in second holiday. Yeah, uh, fancy a trip to America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just take just book a long flight just for an excuse to play some Counter Spy. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I've got good Wi Fi. Yes, yeah. I've got Wi Fi everywhere in America. Yeah. Really? They've got yeah, they've even got it in the streets. Seriously, um, part of DC, the main bit in the mall of nine nine blocks or whatever. It's just they've provided the Wi Fi. Public Wi Fi. Public Wi Fi. What? But this is a, a place where, when you look at the movies, they've not even got mobile signal. <laughs> no, they've got Wi-Fi. <laughs> Every film I see, oh, no, my phone don't work. Yeah. Oh, no. What? Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Hollywood. I'll send them a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anything else you want to say about it? 
Um, no, I think I'm pretty spent. Is it recommended? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yes, it's definitely a good game. I would very much recommend it. Yeah, and it's cross-buy as well, so you get it three times for the price of one. Cool. Yep, cool. yep. Although the iOS or Android one you have to pay for separately, but um, it's something that... It's worth probably picking up. I picked it up for four quid from PlayStation Network, so it's still pretty damn cheap. And yeah. you know, for something like that, it's it's just a, a no-brainer, really. It's why it's less than a decent glass of port for a start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's there's hours and hours of fun in there. Yeah, the the random element just means that you've got the complete replayability all the mm-hmm. time. You know, and and like you said, the pick up and play element as well, because the levels can be really short sometimes, because you will just get your ass handed to you sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it does. Um, they're, they're random, and it's not just a case of changing a few little elements here and there. It, they completely reconfigure levels in a um, so that no two play quite the same. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, every one of them seems to be tweaked. I've never played the same level twice. No. I've played a lot of levels. You know, you you come into a level thinking, "Oh, I recognise this," like... and then suddenly, <laughs> yeah, suddenly the, the case that I'm looking for isn't there. Yeah, <laughs> there's a guy somewhere else, and thinking, "Where have you come from?" <laughs> <laughs> and then you get spotted and get murdered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again. Do you know um, how much it's going to cost when it comes out on iOS and Android? Uh, it's three ninety nine on iOS. That's and not bad. I imagine it's going to be the same on Android. Can I can yeah. I really justify buying it on yet another platform? Yeah. <laughs> when I when I can yeah. already play it on three. I can see it would be good for people who might want to play it like um, on a mobile device but don't have a Vita. Yeah, I mean there has been times when I've been on my way to work. You know when I've. Because I'm on my way to work, so I've only got my phone and thinking, you know, I'm really regretting this now. I should really <laughs> pick this up. <laughs> but they're so fleeting because my Vita's never really that far away. And let's face it, I am going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Three seventy nine on Android. Ooh, Cheaper. Well, there you go. That's, that sounds like Android all over. Yeah. <laughs> Just cheap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Apple pods. <laughs> yeah. I like my I like my Android phone. Yeah, oddball. <laughs> if you would like to contact the LGR team about getting involved in our community, sharing your own stories of being a lapsed gamer or recently returning to games. Uh, perhaps appearing on the podcast or offering feedback on any aspect of our show, you can do so by sending an email or better still an mp3 to lapsedgamerradio at gmail.com. So that's lapsedgamerradio, all one word, uh, at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at lapsedgamer if you'd like to follow and engage with uh, any of the team members there. You can also find our page on Facebook simply by searching for Laps Gamer Radio and likewise you can join our public Steam group. Uh, I believe you just search for Laps Gamer Radio and then I'll filter the results to groups and you'll be able to find us there. 
if you're listening to us, you've obviously already found us, but uh, for reference, if helpful, the main ways you can listen to our episodes are via our Podbean RSS feed, which is lapsgamerradio.podbean.com, and you can subscribe to Laps Gamer Radio on iTunes. Needless to say, any reviews you could leave for us are extremely appreciated and you know, enormously helpful for our little community to flourish. If there's any method you'd prefer for the podcast to be published on, let us know, and we'll do our best to accommodate your request. Thank you.